I love that video. Family. How important family is. <clears throat> and is it a safe place? Is it a place where you feel the peace of Christ? Is it a place that's life-giving? A place that you love to be? Uh, well, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for your prayers. <clears throat> I was in Seattle uh, some weeks back and working with the refugee families and with... Uh, uh, train the refugee workers there in Seattle. Huge uh, refugee population there. And uh, so I was, uh, one afternoon, I was uh, talking to this little boy from Syria. I leaned down, I was talking to him, and he sneezed right in my face. And I think uh, somehow Syrian germs don't work with our immune system. And uh, so I was in the hospital for three days. Uh, went from bronchitis to pneumonia. I've never done that before, and so now I have a great deal of, of sympathy for anybody who has a hard time breathing, uh, and so thank you for your prayers. Uh, second thing is um, just a report from the pastor nominating committee. <clears throat> I know a lot of you are familiar with the way that we make decisions and the way that we select the pastors, but maybe some of you are new, and so I just I'd like to say that uh, one thing that you've done as a congregation is you've elected members from the congregation to serve on this pastor nominating committee, uh, search committee, and they have been working diligently. They, they took the mission report. They've been interviewing candidates. Uh, they've received, I don't know, hundreds of, of names. They've talked to uh, references. They've uh, visited the, the church uh, where they're preaching. They've heard sermons. Uh, they've done Skype calls. I mean, They've been really busy, and uh, uh, so now I think they're narrowing it down <clears throat> to a, a number of few, uh, and uh, so it's getting close. Uh, and let me tell you about the process, because sometimes maybe you've come from a congregational kind of polity, uh, church government, and you're accustomed to having uh, the, the candidate, uh, two or three candidates come and preach in the church, and then you decide. Well, that's not the way it works, they're, they're this, this nominating committee. They will continue this search process and narrow it down uh, to one person, and this person will then be presented to you as the congregation. That person will come and meet with the elders, they'll meet with the staff, they'll be able to look at Pastor Robles and, and find out they can't afford to buy anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, no. And then, uh, so they'll, they'll look at uh, the schools and whatever. Uh, and then, then they'll come uh, to you and preach. And, uh, and then there'll be a congregational vote because then you can decide, is this the person you believe that the Holy Spirit has led them in their process to bring to you and to have this person called as uh, your pastor? And that's the way it works. And so I want you to pray for this uh, uh, group of people. It's, a, it's, a, it's probably one of the hardest jobs you do in the church. Because everybody is talking to them and saying, why don't you move along? I mean, let's get this done. And as your interim, I'm saying the same thing. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm delighted to be here. But I'm anxious for you too. Because it's, it's, it's time, you know. Uh, but it's in God's time. And I believe often... Uh, the time that it takes is where God is directing this right person who's at that right place in their life where God speaks to them and they can hear God's call and there's that, 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 that coming together, that sense of Highland Church and this new pastor 
who come and be with this, this family of faith for a number of years. And so I want you to pray for this uh, uh, committee as they're finalizing, as they're coming down uh, to the end, and pray that God will continue to lead them by his spirit, that God will bring that right person to be with you. And that's what we're praying for, isn't it? We're praying for God's work to be done in such a way so this new chapter, it's going to be a whole new chapter in, in the life of this church and how exciting that is. And so thank you. And thank you for the privilege of being here with you as interim. And, uh, and today we're talking about uh, blessing the home and talking about the peace in the home. Matthew talks about blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. In a place, uh, the home, the home is, uh, the family is a unique place. The extended family is a place of safety. It's a place of nurture. It's a place that's life-giving. It's a place where children learn and grow and understand what it means to have someone uh, who cares for them and so is for them and with them, enables them and giving them these tools that they need for life. Let's read these scripture verses. I think these two, two verses are very important for us to understand the importance of peacemaking in the home. Uh, first verse uh, here is in Romans fourteen nineteen. So then, <clears throat> let us pursue with enthusiasm the things which make for peace and the building up of one another things which lead to spiritual growth. Let me read it again. It's really important. So then... Let us pursue with enthusiasm the things which make for peace and the building up of one another things which lead to spiritual growth. And then a corresponding verse in Ephesians, which ties in with this, do not let any unwholesome talk. Uh, unwholesome means uh, um, corrupting, negative, uh, uh, obscene, uh, corruptive talk. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. We can stop right there. Preach a whole sermon right there, right? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we hear these words of Scripture, we stand and uh, with with a cry of your, uh, your help us, help us. Because we want to be a part of that which is life-giving. We want to be a part with that is good. We, we don't want to have our speech that doesn't produce good fruit. We don't want to corrupt others. We, don't, we want to be pure in our conversation. Uh, we want to be life-giving. And so we ask for your help as we uh, look at this passage before us today. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, one thing about uh, the family, a uh, family um, is to be that safe place, and, but often things are said. 
I mean, life, uh, it's just the way life is. Life is busy. You have so much on your plate. Uh, you're worried about finances, paying the bills. Uh, you're worried about the situation at work. You're worried about uh, your marriage. You're worried about, <laughs> there are just so many things that just, they fill our lives. And so what happens is because the family uh, home is a safe place, it is. It's generally a safe place. So, so we tend to let down. <laughs> we tend to begin to just be uh, so free in our conversation that we're not realizing how it impacts one another. We don't intend uh, unwholesome talk. That's not our intention. Our intention is not to corrupt others and not to, not to uh, hurt others. Our, really, our intention is to edify, meaning we want to build others up. That's really our intention. But what happens, what happens is it begins to seep in that we begin to talk about the problems at work. We talk about the finances and whatever. And the little ears of the children are listening. And it builds up an, uh, a framework, um, a mindset, a perception of life that we as Christians would say, oh no, I don't agree with that. But what happens, it becomes an unintentional lifestyle. And so what happens often is that instead of a home being a place where there's peacemaking, it produces conflict. A conflict. It's, it's not it's not, uh, not safe. And so what happens is that uh, conflict is like a slippery slope. We slide into it, and it's not always recognized as how important it is. And it's not just little ears, it's big ears. We, because we, 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 we affect each other. And it's interesting how the Bible so often, especially the book of James, talks about our speech. Our speech is so important of what we say, what comes out of our mouths. And often, it, it, it's, it's unfortunately, uh, the fear that we have that begins to dominate our conversation. Uh, and, and really, we're not even aware of it, but it, it comes out, and we're talking about fearful of uh, the finances and of, of work situation and, and uh, who's going who's gonna to be able to pick up the kids at a certain hour and these conflict of needs but it begins to be conflict of values. And so we, we find ourselves in this place where uh, it just, uh, the dinner table or whatever, it begins to be uh, so uh, negative. Uh, and so uh, what do we do generally uh, with uh, uncomfortableness due to the conflict or whatever? Well, usually what we do, the best, the easiest method is denial, <laughs> you know, uh, denial. Uh, we pretend as if it really hasn't happened or we haven't said that or done that. And so we tend to push it under, don't we? Uh, we just kind of uh, compartmentalize it. We, oh, that's, that's you know, we have this uh, ideal view of ourselves. There's the ideal and there's the real, <laughs> right? We have the ideal is that, oh, I am thoughtful and kind and compassionate and loving and, and you know, but then there's the real. <laughs> and it's the way we conduct our lives in the full circumference of life. And so we deny, 
And often we're really good at blaming. I mean, it's just really good at that. You know? We can say, you, 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 all the time. Because it, it's not my problem. I mean, really, I would be a great husband if it weren't for my wife. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, I've got this, I'm really great. Uh, or I, I would, I would be a great parent if it weren't for these kids. <laughs> and so uh, what we do is we have this ideal view, and there's the real. And so we, 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 we just do this. And so, so we run away from the problems. We don't want to face it. And it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a, a place, instead uh, of a, 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 a place that is uh, life-giving, a place that's challenging. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't be. There, there's such a thing being critical and then being critical, you know? And so we can't, we can't really uh, use those analyzing skills without it turning and the edge becomes very negative just like after this afternoon as you as you talk about the sermon today you know <laughs> i had to put that in yeah. uh, no so what, what we do is uh, often uh, we 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 run away from problems that's what we do but also we we uh we we fight uh, you know what we do is we use uh put downs uh, because we're always, you know, this view is, well, I'm, I'm a little better than that. I'm a better than, I'm not like you, really, you know. And so we, we uh, use put-downs. Uh, we uh, talk about others. Uh, and often that's what's occurring in the family unit. It's those little quips, those little negative comments that, that always makes an edge what we're saying and so uh, we are involved in unwholesome talk it's not life giving it's not edifying it's not building others up uh, it's not really helpful and so what are some uh, healthy healthy responses things that we can do I think the first thing and which is the hardest thing is to own our own problem not blame somebody else but own our own problem uh, take stock of uh, really what's going on. I think probably if today, if after this afternoon, just to sit down with a piece of paper and begin to write out, uh, you know, the ideal self and the real self and the stuff that isn't matching. Uh, and we begin to take take stock of who we are. And uh, so uh, uh, James one nineteen says, "Swift to hear and slow to speak." I think often we just don't listen. We don't really listen. We, we have so much that we, we you know, we've got important. But what I have is really important. I don't know about you, but what I have is really important. No, we're, we're, we're not uh, focused on edifying or building others up. We're trying to defend ourselves. We're trying to prove ourselves. And so we don't really listen to one another. You know, just, just basic things like open the door. I mean, always just be thinking of open the door. Tell me more about that. Just that one phrase. Tell me more about that. You know, recently, I'm uh, there in the hospital, and, um, and so I noticed that what the doctor did was, uh, when he came in, he asked me uh, to describe what was going on, and he goes, hmm. Oh. Ah. Hmm. Oh. Ah. 
just use Dr. Grunts. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to open up the family to having some healthy dialogue. Just be a doctor. Hmm. Oh. Ah. You're amazing, you know. But I think we don't listen. We don't really take the time. Somehow, life is just kind of pushing us along. You feel like there's a big something pushing you along. Instead, you know, like stop and smell the roses, just stop. And really stop and think about where you are. And you look at the person in front of you. This person in front of you is someone that God loves. You know? And Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to put his arms around you and he wants to, you know, hold you close and say, it's okay. It's okay with your work. You know? You're going to be able to pay the bills. It's okay. Uh, this marriage struggle, I'm going to help you out. You, you, you know? Uh, whatever, your, whatever the issues that seem to so be domin, dominating your life, uh, God is able to say, I'm with you. I'm for you. You know, really, uh, the, the, the issues of uh, conflict and, and lack of peace, it begins internal. It always begins internal. It's, it's what starts inside. And it's always started with, with the choices that we make. Because choices have consequences. And so uh, the, uh, we, we recognize a lot of stuff. It's just about me. It's about me. Is it really? Come on. Is it just about me? No. God has given us relationships. The home. To be a place of safety. A place where we can really develop as human beings. And, and it can be wholesome. It can be life-giving, not death-dealing. And so often the home and its structure of communication and togetherness is, is death-dealing. It doesn't, doesn't produce life. You know, I was watching some um, nature channel or something like that, I don't remember, and I was watching as the uh, little plant that was seed and you know they they come kind of come up and they're, they're like they're bending they're fighting against uh, you know whatever before they pop up you know I think a lot of what we're doing is we're, we're you know so much that tries to weigh us down it tries to dominate our life tries to dominate our perspective our 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 our, our, our look, look looking at life so we feel kind of all kind of bent down but you know what God wants to lift you up. He wants to lift you up and, and help you to really see and rejoice and give. And I think one of the steps that's really important to move from this blaming and negative and the criticizing is, is, is uh, thanksgiving. Give me thanks. Uh, uh, there's a book, I can't remember the name of the author, and wrote, it's about a thousand things to thank God for. And uh, this, you know, you begin, to, you begin to thank God for what he's doing in your life. Begin to express it, verbalize it, say it. You know, it talks about, the Bible talks about confessing. I think the reason for confessing is that somehow it brings us back to the truth. The truth that God is in control and that God is good. Those are the two essentials that we hold on to. 
Because we believe God is good. And what God is doing in our life is working for good. It's working for good. And also, we know that God's in control. It's not just uh, uh, up to us, uh, whatever, it, but God is, God is working, accomplishing his purpose. And so uh, even these, these, these things in the home, it's working to glorify God because we learn to trust God. We begin to acknowledge the truth of what is. That God is working, God's accomplishing something in and through us. And through us, it's beginning to uh, show uh, to others. It's beginning to affect others. And that's what we do. We're, we're affecting others, those around us. Uh, you know, maybe in the workplace. You know, how do other employees or people or around you feel about you? How do they see you? I remember I was on the school board in Monterey as one of the trustees. And I was one day meeting with the superintendent of schools. And he uh, was talking about this woman who would often come to the board meetings. And uh, I knew this woman. She's a Christian, a really committed Christian. And he, he didn't know this, but he said, you know, he said, I don't know why she never smiles. She never says anything good, never says anything positive. That really struck me. How important to hear this Christian woman who I, I happen to know. I know her intention is wanting the best for the Monterey School District and her concerns about Seaside High School and all those kind of issues. Uh, but she was seen in this light. And I think that's what often happens. It's not intentional. We, we don't mean to be... Uh, uh, unwholesome talk. We would never agree with that. That's the ideal. But the real? Maybe it's not so wholesome. Maybe it's not so good. Maybe there are things that are taking place in our life that the Holy Spirit wants to say to us, I want to help you with that. I want to help you with that. It's not, that's not what you, where you want to go. That's not what you want. And I think uh, you're, you're, you're this growing in Christ, this maturing in Christ, is one so that the Holy Spirit is helping you to grow. Let me leave, leave this with uh, five A's, letter A, uh, that uh, help you uh, with uh, a life that is edifying or building others up. In any situation, A, admit. Admit where you are. Often we don't. We don't talk about where we are. We always talk about the other person. It's the other person's problem. Uh, you. Instead of I. I. You know, there's, there's a, a, a model that I have etched into my brain. I don't always use it, but it's, it's just right there. I feel blank when blank because blank. If I don't send, communicate, and say it in this kind of way, it's going to end up in a negative, blaming, negative fashion. And so I know I have feelings. So I'll say the things. I feel, I feel upset, confused, hurt, whatever it is. But I need to say it. When? When's the description of the problem in a non-blameful way? When um, I'm talking and uh, there's interruptions, I get confused, angry, you know, whatever. Well, when? Describe the problem. Because. Now, 
A lot of times we'll get that far, but we never go to really the important part. And that's the because. That's the why. Why? Because it hurts my feelings. Because I care about you and I don't feel like we're close. I feel like we're, we're separated. And that, that makes me sad. And I think, uh, so we, we don't admit our feelings. We don't, we're not being vulnerable. We're afraid we're gonna, it's going to be used against us. We're afraid we're going to be misunderstood. So we don't say anything. I think the second is apologize. Apologize for maybe what you've done. That is simply to say, uh, I blew it, I'm sorry. I think one of the things that helps children is to be able to say to them, you know, I was angry. Uh, you know, I, you know you, you've uh, poured dirt out in the floor for 11 times. and <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't know. But somehow we, 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 we need to admit uh, our feelings and maybe our overreactions and need to apologize. And then uh, number three, I think we need to accept. We accept the consequences for what we're doing. Accept it. I mean, instead of running away and justifying and putting it under whatever. And then I think uh, another A uh, for is ask. Ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness from the others. You know, there's something so special when uh, you can say, please forgive me. And to hear these words, I forgive you. I forgive you. That's what it is with Jesus. Jesus says, I forgive you. I know, I know, I know this. I love you. I forgive you. And you have that fresh start again. To begin anew. And even though you've blown it, whatever, Jesus does put his arms around you and says, I forgive you. And then finally, alter. Alter the decisions and the lifestyle. But, you know, I think the, the, the biggest thing is we need to pray for God to enable us to be life givers, to help us to be life givers, to help us to be peacemakers. Because I don't think we have the ability. Really, I don't. I, I know I don't have the ability. And I know it's only through Christ. Christ enables me. For, he forgives me. He restores me. And he helps me to be the kind of human being, the kind of person, the kind of man that I want to be. Not perfectly, but it's, 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 it's a growing. And I, I, that's what I want. I, I, want that, I want that kind of walk with Jesus so, so it's real, it's authentic. I don't want this phony, put on a smile and look all, oh, that's wonderful, that's, thank you so much. And, and then it's never resolved. I want the kind of life where I'm walking with Jesus and I know he loves me, I know he's for me, I know he's with me, and I want him to help me. I want him to help me to be a peacemaker because I know then I'll be blessed. I know that it'll be good. I know it'll be life-giving. I know it'll be edifying. I know it's what I want to be, and that's what I choose. And so I have to alter my choices. I have to, I have to change and say, uh, you know, uh, this is the kind of life I want. And so I would ask you, as you uh, leave today to ask for the Holy Spirit to just show to you things he wants you to show you. You know, not the ideal, but the real. <laughs> the real self. And lay it upon the altar.
Say, Jesus, here it is. Here it is. It's this. There's no kidding. No, no, no uh, trying to cover it up. I need your help. I want to be a peacemaker. Let's pray. Jesus, here we are. And uh, it's so easy for us to live our lives uh, trying to cover up, trying to run away, trying to blame, uh, trying to not face. And we're, we're letting years go by, years and years, and our relationships are being affected. Instead of it being edifying and building one another, it's tearing down. It's not building. Uh, and so we ask for your help. We don't have the ability, but you do. You can change our behavior. You can change our attitudes. You can change our perception. You can bring healing to hurts that have been done to us. You can restore us. You can make us new, and you can put your arms around us and tell us the truth in love because you care. So we ask, help us. Help us to be peacemakers because you, as the Prince of Peace, are able to bring peace into our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen.